0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Larry, the guy came, I got an estimate, and it's going to cost 500
2: bucks to fix that table,
0: the ring. I...
2: Yes, you did. Come on, man. Yes, you did. Please don't play
0: this game with me. I would tell you if I left it. I respect wood. I revere wood. I'm considerate of wood. Notice you got a little ring stain on I the know. table.
1: I know, I noticed that.
0: How'd that happen?
1: I don't know. No idea? No.
0: Do you respect wood, Susie?
3: Uh, yes, I do respect Wood. Why? You've demonstrated a consistent lack of respect for Wood, as I see it. Oh, I don't it. know what you're getting at. I don't know what this is about. I'll tell you what
1: I'm getting at. I see a ring stain on your table. Yeah. I remember you standing over Julia's antique table with a drink. Yeah. Okay? Therefore... I'm putting two and two together.
3: I think you left that ring stain on Julia's table. So don't tell me you respect wood. Oh, I respect wood, Larry. I respect wood so much that if I had a piece of wood in my hand right now, I'd beat the shit out of you with it, okay? Get the fuck out of here, all right?
2: Son of Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the future, here comes Lou. When you with your good friend, Tim, it's 77 Minutes
3: in Heaven. Welcome to 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast that did not view the Christian Wood trade as an emergency. What did you expect? <laughs> it's Nico Harrison. Come on, at this point, he's just wheeling and dealing all over the place. It's not an emergency. This was expected. We all knew he was going to pull off something. This is who he is. It's
4: Nico Harrison. The Christian Wood wood trade was coming.
3: Come on, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the rest of the media is like, emergency podcast. We're like, nah, man, the grid's holding up. We're good. It's hot outside. Let's just. It's also
3: Christian Wood. And it's Nico Harrison. This is a Nike man, through and through. (laughs) You should have been expecting that. And honestly, if you weren't, what are you even doing? I'm Tim Cato. I write to talk about the Mavericks. We've got a full house. All three of our usual suspects, Dave Dufour, Mike Pellucci, Austin Guerilla. Um Usually I say where they work for, but, uh, you know, you know, you know, mm-hmm. Dave at The Athletic, Mike Pellucci at uh, D Magazine, Austin Gurria at Uproxx. You know, uh, w- wait, wait, what there? Austin,
2: do you have something to say? Oh, I'm I'm back at at dime. I I almost wrote like a LeBron style letter saying, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Le- Le- lebron
3: style
2: <laughs> yeah the lebron letter that he wrote when he went back to when he went to cleveland after so many years he emailed lee jenkins
1: lee was busy with are, Clippers are stuff, you so confusing
2: kind of lebron's are you
3: confusing this with jordan coming out no, of retirement
1: no 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 no, no. The, he no, means this the, the whole like that feature Three thousand words of why he's coming back home that thing okay i was worried Austin's bigger than two words I thought you were uh, up with the press
3: conference, just the you know, just like from the offices of Michael Jordan Esquire. Austin did actually trade Andrew Wiggins though, so I you did. know he got part of it. Yeah, okay. It, it was, okay. It's rough, oh. but it's paying off dividends now. Yeah. <laughs> well, Christian Wood got traded to the Mavericks. That happened last week. We did not record. Apologies for that again. Not an emergency, but we do want to talk about it. We are going to be back on a weekly schedule, and. I think it's a good deal. I think the Mavericks did something very good. And, you know, really the opening salvo of the offseason, before the final game of the NBA season had been, like, played. One night before, the Mavericks were like, oh, yeah, let's, let's get this thing started. The Warriors are going to wrap up. Let's make the first big splash of the summer. And they did that. I was a little surprised that they were able to just move off All four of these salary filler contracts, Um, you know, Theo Pinson, he got mad at Dave McMinimum for, you know, referring to him as an end of bench player during. So salary filler, you know, they're more than that. But these were four players other than Trey Burke, who only played play, you know, meaningful postseason minutes because Luca was injured. These are four players who did not factor into the postseason. And there were four players that. Needed to be off the roster, so the Mavericks had the flexibility to do what they are trying to do this summer, and to do that, just by giving up the 26th pick, and to get a pretty interesting center candidate, someone on an expiring deal, someone who fits real nicely, you know, in the in the best case scenario, and even in the medium case scenario, who you know, someone who I think is a clear upgrade at their starting center position. That's good for an officing. That's what Nico does. Come on now. Let's let's get let's get initial thoughts and, and reactions. There's a lot of like various nuances that I kind of want to get into. And I've uh you know, I, I think I've bored radio audiences when I've jumped on radio a couple times to talk about this trade. When the first thing I wanted to talk about was, oh, let's talk about roster slots. Look how look how well the Mavericks moved off those. Let's let's just start with Christian Wood this time. Dave? Yeah. What's your what's your 32nd overall vibe of Christian Wood the experience?
4: Uh, I mean, there's a reason this guy, you know, very talented player has changed teams quite a bit and why he, you know, it took him a while. He was sort of a a comeback story in the NBA and um, seems like he's sort of worn his welcome out in a few places, and Houston might be the the newest version of that. But maybe the vibes are way better in Dallas, right? And maybe that... Well, they are. It all works out. Well, it was, but you lost (laughs) Bohan and you lost Marquise Chris. So, you know, I I don't know. We'll see. But the the vibes were certainly strong. Uh, So maybe that doesn't matter. But on the court, the fit is very apparent. This is a true stretch big. I mean, he really is a threat shooting the basketball. Um, When he's available, he's good. defense is hit or miss, but the offense, God, you can see it right away. I mean, it is a huge upgrade uh, offensively. The the defense, I'm not, I'm not so sure about. Um, We'll, we'll see if he can actually perform, if he can play in the style that Dallas needs him to play in to, to get to the next level. I don't know if he's necessarily an upgrade over Maxie, who's, who's a fantastic defender, Uh, but certainly on the offensive end, he is. So, I don't know. I, I think that it it's a we need to see it, of course, because that's every trade, but it has potential to to be a huge upgrade. Um,
3: I'm just a little dubious. Generally, and it's it's two way effort at times with Christian Wood. It's you know, we can talk about the defense. You, you can go watch Twitter threads of him giving up layups and just not. Being fully present on the defensive end, but Matt Goodman was even talking about how sometimes he'll go up to set a screen and just die, and just be like, "Ah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to, you know, really exert effort on this. Uh, Setting screens is hard, which it is, it is. But you know, I I, so just to say that it's it's a it's an overall effort standpoint, which maybe gives you optimism that the defensive side really was impacted by effort, and if that's all it takes, then. You know, that's something he can grow into. But yeah, I, I definitely felt the the uh the Christian wood experience uh, being like on a paragraph to paragraph basis, like you said, it was uh he was feeling stuff.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we, you know, let's Austin and I could go through our big picture observations before we get into the defense because Istark Franco, who wrote the day before Matt, actually had some things in his piece that made me optimistic about some Christian Wood defense. I think the big picture thing for me is like, look. I think we're all going to say various versions of the same thing, which is that it's a smart trade. And part of why it's a smart trade is it it can't go that badly, right? They gave up a pick that historically is in a range where teams don't hit. And if there's ever a team that outperforms their draft expectations, it's not this one. And it's that and four guys they don't use for someone on an expiring deal. Like what is the worst case scenario? He is miserable from you get him in camp in September. You realize over the next six months – no, not even six months. Next, let's say four or five months. Oh man, this guy sucks to be around. Uh, we don't want him around anymore. Great, you can flip him for nothing at the deadline. Like literally at that point, if he's that bad, it means it's addition by subtraction, and you can get rid of an expiring deal whenever you want. It's going to be a that's, huge that's, tank year too. Huge tank year. Right? People will gladly take him to screw up their entire chemistry and let them tank to try and get <laughs> yeah, victory, right. Yeah. So OKC is already working up trades. Yeah, they're all about it. They're preparing a suite for Christian Wood if they need it, right? So, you know, we'll get into the specifics, but just know that whatever we say, it can't actually be that bad. Anybody who sits there and questions this deal, I don't know where your head's at because this team was the odds of them hitting on that pick and especially hitting on that pick to help in the next two years, which is really what you got to be thinking about. Good luck, man. It wasn't happening. So I will gladly roll the dice on Christian Wood for an asset like that while, as Tim's saying, getting off of four salaries that they had to get off of.
3: It really we'll, we'll, is fine. We'll get back to the pick. We'll, we'll get back to the pick. Uh, let's stick on on just Woods fit a little bit. Austin?
2: I think it's completely additive. You know, you're not losing anything by adding Christian Wood to your roster. And if anything, he is the most talented big they've had by far. He's way more talented than Maxie and Dwight. And, he's never played on an actual competing basketball team. He's never played lots of minutes for a team that's actually trying to win each night and for a team that actually executes the rotations. And on top of that, if he doesn't play well, he'll sit. They'll just play Maxi. They'll be like, that guy went to the Western Conference Finals last year and you didn't. Like, We'll just play him over you if you don't make rotations. And if you're constantly the guy who's missing rotations and everyone else is making them, that's a much different position to be in when you're just in Houston just tolling away every single night, just trying to get buckets because you're not playing for anything. So I think the structure will allow him to, it will minimize some of his defensive faults. I don't think he's going to turn into just a great defensive player all of a sudden, but I think there's a higher level of accountability where he plays here and his skill set offensively is perfect. He's literally the perfect big for Luka Doncic. He's all the good parts of Chris has and without like almost any of the bad parts. And, he shot a high percentage from three uh, than Chris Stapps did last night. He shoots a lot of them. He can shoot them off the dribble. He's a better roll threat than KP. He's more willing to roll to the basket. And he's a great finisher when he gets to the rim. And he has a much bigger catch, up, like lob radius than, than Dwight Powell. So on offense, it's going to be firework. It's going to be so easy for him. He's he, he put up 21 points a game in the 2021 20, season. That's not easy, even if you're an asshole like that's still an asshole getting 21 points a game and that's going to be a huge addition for their offense you know it's so funny mavericks fans have been clamoring for miles
3: turner for multiple seasons now i think offensively it's clear that wood fits better not that maybe not is better but having an actual movement shooting big like somebody who actually comes around a screen and and does need to get a seat his his feet set but uh as i get my word set uh, you know someone who's just has a ability to hit volume shots like he, nobody was creating threes for him in in houston uh he was one of their best shooters you know other than gary bird uh and and it's just it's very clear that you know, I, I think in that sense, I think in the in the role thread and in the idea that he just understands or, you know, I know that he said he sees himself as an all-star. You don't come from Houston into an established team that just made a conference finals run and expect that you're gonna get isolations and and post-ups, uh, you know, here and there. Yes. I I, I just don't expect that out of him. And and I do think that his numbers uh can be really good without having to you know ever be a focal point without ever having to get him shots uh, that are not uh, shots gotten within the context that the Mavericks want him to get and so for that reason you know like one one reason why players get annoyed is is their stats aren't as high Chris Steps was not someone he wasn't shooting threes well and he wasn't rolling so he had to go like Chris Steps needed to get numbers he views himself as a 20 point player probably more than that but you know, he had to go get those shots because he couldn't just feed off the rest of the team. Christian Wood can feed off the rest of the team in a way that I think, you know, is more so than a Miles Turner. He's cheaper. He's on an expiring, you know, for for, you know, all the talk about the value of the center in the modern NBA. Uh, I don't think that the Mavericks should be going and paying 30 million to, to Miles Turner. I'm not, I'm really curious about how much Christian Wood can switch onto the perimeter. I, I think he has the athletic archetype to do it. And to, to a degree, again, we're not talking Bam Adebayo. But yeah. I, I think that's something he can do a little bit. I, he doesn't look to me, and I've seen, I've seen isolated possessions where he looks really bad. And I think his rim protection is going to be an issue at times. I, I think he can do that. I, you know, I don't think he's the type of big that gets run off the floor. Uh, because he's such a you know flashing red light that any offense will pick up and just go at relentlessly and force a coach to make a decision in that way. And so yeah, no, in all like seriously, I I, I think he's a better fit than, you know, name whatever big you want to name. But I but Miles Turner is the one that people keep talking about. I really think he might be.
1: I mean, I think it's worth noting for the record that offensively I agree with you, but obviously a large part of the Appeal with Miles Turner was his rim protection, right? That's what you're. That's part of the Miles Turner package. Yeah, he's more offensively limited, but he does that. Christian Wood won't do that. But you are on the right track because I think there is a lot of optimism, or there should be, for the fact that if Christian Wood is running around and not being asked to play in the paint as a lone rim protector, he could do things right. So, his talk wrote for us the day before Matt, and he brought up the very good point um, that you know, look, Sean Sweeney coached this guy in Detroit. And the last team that Christian was on a Detroit, their defense with him on the floor was average. Their defense with him as the four playing with another big was actually very good. And I bring that up to say, and I don't think this is something, you know, we saw last year, Jason Kidd use the regular season as his laboratory and in the playoffs. That's when he unleashed the real, the real beasts. My thing right now, I don't know how much we'll see it next year. Because we all know that a large part of the regular season goals is get Maxi Kleba through the regular season. But in the postseason, Maxi at the 5 or Christian Wood at the 4 is a lineup I want to see. Because Maxi could do a lot of the things that Christian Wood can't do in the interior. And if Christian Wood is displaying effort, I think we've seen he has the physical traits to move around. Right, That, to me, isn't the concern. It's not that he isn't athletic. It's not that we haven't seen some proof of concept. It's consistent by it. But... It's buying in a certain way. I think of Christian Wood, for instance, like no matter how much he bought it, I don't know how good of a rim protector it'll be. He's a good shot blocker. That doesn't mean you're a good rim protector. I don't know how high the ceiling is there. But do I buy that if he's on the floor with Maxi Kleba and you have a two big man lineup that actually is functional and that complements each other as opposed to let's play Christoph Porzingis with two bigs where it's not going to work? That's something Dallas hasn't had before. And that's something that could really raise this team's ceiling. So for me, I think the one. I think when you're out there with Christian Wood as the one big, you're just hoping he doesn't kill you. But I can see ways in which, if he's playing with Cleveland, that he's an actual asset. And you have some really nice defensive lineups.
4: He could probably play with Dwight. If I I mean, honestly, as a floor-spacing four, you could go four around one to a certain degree. I mean, I, I do think there's a lot of flexibility there with him at the four. And he's a good shooter already. And he's right. going to be shooting some of the most open looks in his life, especially when he pops for Luka. And when he's the recipient of some of these swing passes, he's going to be good offensively. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, he's, he's a better shooter. I think he's a, a more consistent shooter than Porzingis from the perimeter.
3: And we talked about those spot up shooters, those mm-hmm. wings, those three and D wings being dynamic off the dribble. We talked about that a lot throughout the postseason. I, th- I think he's a you know, he's dynamic. He can, he, can atta- he can attack, he can attack the, the closeouts
4: out, right? too. Right. And, right, and right, right. can he make, now I think one of the important things for him and we'll see it right. And, and he'll progress, but you know, attacking from the corner, like if he's in the corner and, and attacks the closeout, can he make the read to make the pass that he needs to make when right. the lane gets cut off? Because that's one of the things that Dorian Finney Smith really excelled at the last couple of seasons and grew was actually being able to make the read Dorian Finney Smith's passing. Open up a lot of stuff for them, just as much as his shooting improvement did. And, and if Wood can do that, it he'll fit right in offensively. And again, the offense is not my concern. It's the defense. It's the effort. Can he protect the rim enough in the small ball lineups? Maybe he's not the guy that's the backline help in those lineups. Maybe it's Dorian Finney-Smith still when when they do go super small and Maxi's not out there. But I'll, I'll you know, I, I'm I'm very curious to see. What this coaching staff comes up with because they're good. Coaching staff knows what they're doing.
2: Yeah, and just to build on that, I think Jason Kidd is going to be super important here. I mean, last year he talked about early in the season, I want to get these guys paid. I want to get Jalen Brunson paid. I want to get Dorian Finney Smith paid. Those guys are going to get paid. Now Dorian already got paid, and Jalen's about to get a lot of money. And Christian Wood is going to come here in a contract season, and it's his best opportunity to make a lot of money. And Jason Kidd is just going to give him a list of things like if you do these things you'll get paid. And a lot of them are just within his control, just making the right reads on defense, closing out to the right place. If he can just execute the scheme, he'll be fine. And also, just on top of that, they played with Dwight Powell for most of the season as their lone big man, and their defense didn't fall apart. And if he can just be better than Dwight Powell, which is not a very high bar, he's going to be really effective. But I think him being in a contract year is going to be one of the biggest motivators for him being a great player this season. Yeah, one thing about juggling the rotation, Dwight Maxey
3: and, and Christian Wood, I, I do think back to something me and Mike said when we kept talking about 82 games and 16 games. And, you know, again, Maxey is important. He he matters in the regular season. If you have the ability to, you know, if you know Dwight Powell's a good regular season player and you know that Maxey is, you know, his real value comes out in the postseason, you can kind of juggle those two uh, as long as you have another big man, which they finally do. And and really emphasize Powell in the regular season, in, in a way that that Maxi will will take over. Uh, you know, once his value uh metastasizes, there's a good word. Yeah, I think, does that fit? And maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. Um, and also in the postseason,
2: all three of them are in a contract year. That typically that would be honestly very messy for three guys competing for minutes, all being in a contract year, but. I don't think I really worry about Dwight and Maxie being a problem. But for Christian Wood, he, he's in a contract here, so I think he's going to want to play a lot, and that's going to be one thing they have to navigate over the course of the season.
1: Well, and you know, I, I, let's look. We've, we've spent a lot of time here talking about the question marks and the red flags with Christian Wood from a character standpoint. Let's also give the guy credit. You know, Houston has two really good beat writers down there, and Kelly Eco and Jonathan Feegan. And if you read them over the last week, both of them have gone out and – uh, I don't know if "defended" is the right word because they're being objective, but they have said more good things than not about Christian Wood, right? Kelly and your back and forth—the back and forth you had with Tim today—talked about how Christian Wood badly wants to win. He really does. You know, it-, it struck me almost like the kid in school who wants to do well and doesn't know how to do well. Because, in fairness to Christian Wood, yeah, he hasn't helped a lot of situations. But what situations has he been in, right? He goes to Houston. They tell him you're going to play with James Harden. You're going to compete. You're going to win. And then Harden forces his way out and the situation completely changes, right? It's easy to see how that goes off the rails. And Jonathan Feegan, the night he gets traded, tweets look, Christian Wood was by and large a positive presence in a rough series of events down there. And it was a young team. There was a total leadership vacuum. Just because you're not the dude who is capable of setting it the tone for an entire culture doesn't mean you necessarily are a bad guy. And here, what what have we known about this team, right? Yeah. Post-February, they've started making moves. But for two years before that, they didn't do anything. And what did they tell us all the time? We trust our culture. We trust our culture. This culture works. People in this building buy in. And you've got to give them their credit. That has held true pretty much every step of the way thus far, right? I mean, that locker room after the playoffs, I thought it was always so instructive that Spencer Dinwiddie talked about how you don't find a group of people who actually like each other 1 through 15 the way that this team did. And you don't see a team buy into a new coach, a team that didn't play defense very well. And then Jason Kidd comes in and suddenly they're playing defense really well, right? The infrastructure is here. And I think until proven otherwise, yeah, Christian Wood hasn't worked out elsewhere, but he's never been in a situation nearly this good either. Forget the financial motivator, which is absolutely true. This has been a guy who the people who've been around him and reported on him have said he wants to do well and hasn't been in that environment. Well, here's the environment. And so Christian Wood really—he's either going to make a ton of money after this year, or he's going to get a very disappointing deal. Because if he fails this year, it's almost certainly on Christian Wood. All of the circumstances are in place for him to succeed. I don't know what the mitigating factors would be. So either he's going to make a bunch of money, whether here or elsewhere, or Christian Wood is going to be taking MLE deals for maybe the rest of his career.
3: It's—it seems really hard to be an asshole within this culture. You know, I, I, I'd find it hard to believe somebody could come in. Even, you know, even if they had, you know, very, you know, minor inclinations that come out when things go bad, things haven't, you know, it's it's very hard to see a scenario where things go poorly next season. Also, one of the reasons this trade was made, we talked about it at the beginning, roster slots getting off these, you know, lower contracts players that didn't make any postseason impact. Uh, you know, that's why, you know, that's why it's so helpful that it was a four for one deal. One of those roster spots is going to go to Theo Pinson, who's no longer eligible for the two way contract. Uh, You know, at one point, Jason Kidd referred to Theo Pinson as the MVP of the season. Uh, Hyperbolic a little bit. Yeah, sure. But it's clear that, you know, he was one of the driving, motivating forces and factors of this team really liking each other, of this team, you know, sprinting up and down the court, drawing fines virtually every playoff road game. Uh, That matters. And that's one of the reasons why they said we have to have Theo Pinson back. Uh, You know, I, I do think Boban is a... You know, who is obviously outgoing in this deal, uh, almost certainly will not be able to come back to the team. Even if he's waived by Houston, uh, he would have to get traded again and then waived for that to even be eligible. Uh, I don't think Dallas would have. Tr- uh, I don't think they would have waived Boban uh, due to his stature as a good friend of of Luca, all that stuff. It, it's a lot easier to justify something like that when it's like, OK, business decisions. Luca understands it's a it's a league of, you know, it's a business decision league. Look at this player we're bringing back. Um, but, you know, just being able to retain Theo Pinson. Now you have two more roster spots, you know, assuming Jalen Brunson gets resigned. I think at this point, we're all assuming that. Do you bring in Goran Dragic? You know, you know, you we're talking about about friends, uh, you know, people who can talk to Luca, who can to tell him to shut up sometimes, you know, probably, you know, things like that. Talk about culture. Talk about building something. You know, there is someone who can do it, but also potentially con- contribute in the postseason. Dallas definitely could have used him last season. Um, you know, if he's ready for a role like that, uh, this is this is why this all makes sense. And then it opens up yet another roster slot. You know, if, if they've got four open right now, uh, you know, on the completion of this deal, you say it's Pinson. You say it's maybe it's Drogic. Uh, you, it, it's Brunson. You, you got a fifth on top of that, you know, or 15th. You got one more. Who do you go get with that? maybe it's something small maybe it's not you know maybe it's i ideally i know that they want a wing you know that's they're, they're looking for one more wing who can kind of filter um or or phase into the rotation but you know that's that's why you do it and that and that's why there's value in doing that and that's why it's worth giving up the 26th pick because they didn't have room to sign a player who they would have drafted with the 26th pick it was almost like it didn't matter you know you can say oh we want this player we want that player they really didn't have any choice but to use the 26th pick to get off the roster slots that if they still have the 26th pick would allow them to actually sign someone to the roster next season. It's one of those paradoxes that goes in circles. Uh, it wouldn't have really mattered. And Austin, I know you've dug into this a little bit more than certainly I have. And at this point, I will not be diving into the draft. Not not terribly deep. There is no reason for me to do that. Um, that feels like a uh, a unnecessary use of... Uh, Uh, brain cells, which I I use them all very purposefully and never waste any of them on any unnecessary information.
4: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com
0: slash courtside to learn more.
3: So what could they have even got with the 26th pick? And do you think it's justified that, you know, Dallas didn't find some way to somehow keep it that as much as we talk about them building towards the draft, you know, anybody, anybody they would have got would not have been playing minutes next season.
4: No, no, no. it, it right. would not have been as good as Christian Wood. And frankly, the expiring contract may have more value for a team that's hopefully making conference finals.
3: Next season, right. you know, I still want to hear. But, I still want to hear sixty seconds on just like what the sh- draft even looked like at twenty six. Like, just there for are anybody, guys, there
4: are guys there, and I'm not.
3: Yeah. Listen, I'm not Mr. Draft Head, but I've
4: you know I've been doing at least like a, we'll call it a cursory waltz through the draft, and there are guys late that probably could come in and play. There's there's a guy Blake Wesley who I he probably can't play right away, but in like two years with a little bit of development work on his jumper. I think he's going to score like crazy in the NBA. So there are guys at the back into the first, even if they were to trade out like into the second with that pick, um, maybe just trade down a little bit. There were guys, but you're not getting Christian Wood there.
2: Yeah. I think there was really good value in this draft after from like 18 to 35, where there's pretty much just like a glut of guys who are all about the same level of talent. Um, and, and, I was excited from I was excited to see Nico make a draft pick and kind of see what his draft philosophy is for players and what he's looking for in a player. And I think it's also important when you start making deep playoff runs, you need a hit on a draft pick once every three or four years to kind of maintain your roster and maintain your flexibility because guys phase out. So if you if you draft somebody this year and they develop, let's say you drafted Wendell Moore, who I really like from Duke, and he's not ready this year to play. Maybe it's not right. Maybe the following year he plays some, but by the time Reggie Bullock's contract comes up in two years, you have someone who can come in who's cost effective, and you don't have to give a veteran a lot of money, especially towards the end of their deal. And I think that's where you have to look to when you're building a roster and you're in the playoffs every single year. So I was I was interested to see who they could get because I thought there were guys are worth taking with that pick and worth developing who could have contributed, especially probably in year two, but there's definitely no one nearly as talented as Christian Wood.
4: Right. And and what you're talking about to me is a luxury for teams that have won something. Right? The Warriors can can keep that 26 pick, doesn't matter. They they just won. The the Spurs all those years, they could draft at 29, didn't matter because they won. They had the time to develop, the cycle to develop. This team still needs more talent. And getting Christian Wood, that's the move. I think it's a good trade and if it works out, you're a genius. And if it doesn't, it's still a good
1: move. Right. Because I'll, I'll put it this way. So this is the best thing it is talks piece for Monday. I'm going to, I'm just going to read from this because it's very instructive. Since 1990, the outcome for 75% of the players drafted in the 25 to 30 range has been from four to eight points per game with a median of 5.8 per game career average. That's what you are overwhelmingly likely to get at that spot. And that's, and we're dealing with a team that is a suboptimal drafting team in the late round or later in the round, right? They've, so not only are you not getting anything that's going to help you right away, you're overwhelmingly likely not to get anything that helps you in the long term. And this team, given what we've seen until proven otherwise, does not get the benefit of the doubt in the draft. So you make this trade every single time.
3: And look, respectfully, the Mavericks had their chance to get a player like in the vein we're talking in 2020. They have their chance. They had three picks. They had what it was 31 and 36 in addition to drafting Josh Green. Uh, there was something floated out there uh, either Tuesday or, or possibly late Monday um, by Jonathan Gavoni of, of ESPN that the Rockets may continue trying to negotiate or expand on this draft. Um, I didn't fully understand, you know, the language isn't clear to me, I guess, is what I'm saying. Expand couldn't mean bring another team in. You know, maybe they're trying to do something with John Wall. Um, but Josh Green's name was specifically floated and look, the Mavericks missed on all three of these picks. And at this point, if the Mavericks had to include Josh Green to get this deal done, yeah, go do it. Go do it. I'm sorry. You know, I like Josh Green as a player. We've seen flashes. Um, you really can get to know what a player is going to be after two years. And there may eventually be an NBA player somewhere in Josh Green that he develops into, um, you know, I guess what I come down to is what we saw down the stretch of the season. It wasn't just, you know, getting left open on threes and, and things like that. It was that Josh Green wasn't making an impact. He wasn't doing things that added to the box score to really any, you know, even even advanced stats. You know, like like a guy that can go out and play 12 minutes and have like five numbers when you add them all up, you know, a couple of rebounds, a couple of shot attempts. Uh, and, and that's it. You know, even his passing, which we lauded really early on, really fell off. We did not see Josh Green, um, you know, there's moments, you know, I, I know there was moments early when he broke into the rotation. We're saying, oh, Josh Green just made a pass that nobody on this roster except Luca could make. How many times did we say that down the last two months of the regular season uh, and certainly in the postseason? D- did we do did we see that more than once or twice? Um, certainly cross court stuff that opened up open threes. He's a long ways away and he, you know, in addition to the 26 pick, if you've got to trade, you know, like Josh Green right now is probably the best case scenario for 26. You know, if you've also got to give up Josh Green for that, maybe, you know, I I don't know. I'd have to hear more. Um, I'll, I'll ask around and see, in, and see what the likelihood. It sounds to me when when the word expand is used is, is that there's another team coming in and, and it's that sort of situation. So maybe Dallas is even getting back something else for that. But Josh Green's are players you should be trying to grab and be successful on and develop over the years. And Dallas does need to get back to that. But right now, like you said, Dave, they haven't won anything. Those are not your core building blocks. Someone like Christian Wood is, who you're going to cycle through if he doesn't work. Maybe you keep him. Maybe he's a center for, you know, you resign him. He's the center for the next five years. Maybe he's not. The 2011 Dallas Mavericks did not have, they did not develop young players that you know, slowly grew up and joined the championship rotation. No, they kept sight. They had a bunch of mid-size contracts and they kept cycling through those contracts over and over and over again. And that, you know, it really does feel like Christian Wood is the start of that if necessary for this team. They just got a bunch of midsize contracts. They're going to operate over the cap for the foreseeable future. And finally they have enough value in these contracts That are kind of expendable, you know, maybe maybe down the road, it's a Spencer Dinwiddie swap for something. Uh, Maybe once Davis Breton's contract runs down another season and maybe maybe he's better, maybe he's fully healthy, like he has a little bit more value. Certainly Christian Wood isn't expiring um, if you deem him not to be the right fit, has value at the at the deadline and putting yourself in a position to at least cycle in and out various veterans, uh, various pieces that are not guaranteed to work, but eventually you do it enough times. Hopefully one does. That's a good place to be in, and it's actually a team-building philosophy and strategy that I see for the future that was hard to envision even a year ago with Chris Stapps-Purzingas in in his Albatross contract on this roster.
1: Good filibuster. I got nothing.
3: I think (laughs) that's kind of perfect. Yeah, you you nailed it, Tim. So we'll see what happens. Any closing thoughts, Uh, Austin, who probably...
2: I mean, I think just to your point about Josh Korean, I think that's a chip they should keep in their bag. It doesn't mean he's going to turn into a high level starter, but they don't have a lot of other young talent on this team. It's kind of an oddly constructed roster in that most of their players are 24 or older or even like in their 30s. And I mean, so really I think, most
3: of their players are 30, like 27
2: and older. Yeah, 27. and then You've older. got two guards. Except for their young. two best players. So yeah. if you're trading yeah. your first round pick this year and you're not going to have your pick next year, it would be nice to have at least one guy who can come along who's going to improve. The the shame is that Josh Green needs lots of basketball minutes to get better. He it would be great if he could just go on loan somewhere and just go play somewhere else for a year and get a lot of minutes <laughs> and then come <laughs> back. Style. That's right. That's, we what, gotta- that's what he truly needs. But that's the, his, that's the next step. That's the next step. We got to
4: get that EuroLeague. His yep. 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 play style really well
3: in La Liga, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just not a he's not a Bundesliga player yet. But in La Liga, <laughs> man, that skill set would come out. Uh, uh, I, maybe I even a year so in send the Send him to the division. Adriatic
4: League and he's the MVP. Yes. Ooh, 100%. Ooh, okay, I, I, okay.
3: Okay. Okay.
1: I will say this. It would feel weird when we say expand. Like Tim said, it can mean a lot of things. Maybe it means there's another team. Maybe it means there's a Josh Green from Dallas plus something from Houston. Like, a, I don't know. They, Kenny Martin Jr. is pretty publicly available at this point, right? It would feel weird to me if the deal comes out the way it is and the terms are all publicly out there. And then it resulted in Dallas just adding an asset without getting anything else back. That feels like renegotiation that does not happen at this level. That feels yeah. like something really changed between two teams. And I don't know. I, I just don't get the vibe that that sort of power play would happen at the 11th hour like that. If, yeah, I, think- I, I I really
3: only brought it up to – I agree with you. And I really only brought it up to kind of talk about Josh Green and, and the type of players Dallas is aiming for. I. If you're a Mavs fan out there right now and freaking out, uh, like, don't dwell on that. It, it was a it was a throwaway line on a on a, on another podcast that, you know, I'll I'll look into it and I'll tell you if it's worth anything. How about that? That's a that's a 77 minutes guarantee.
2: Yeah, I think I I heard the comments and it was basically about Houston consolidating those picks and trying to move up in the draft and bringing a third team. So it would probably be even the trade gets expanded, but nothing changes for Dallas and maybe Boban or. Sterling Brown goes to a different team instead of going to the Rockets. Yeah, which that's if what usually you, happens.
1: If you want, correct me if I'm wrong here, because you guys know the CBA better than me. But if you want Boban back in Dallas, that is what you want because then if Boban goes somewhere else and gets bought out, he can come back to Dallas. I don't think he can. Right, he can't get bought out from well, Houston. Well, he
3: wouldn't. He it would it would be expanded into a three-team trade, and then would Boban just, would he wouldn't uh, ever so cycle it he would still have to be yeah, traded yeah, somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. All
1: right, the dream yeah, is dead
3: yeah so well yeah. Th- here's the well, move. Guys. You, hire him,
0: you hire him as an
3: yeah.
4: assistant, you 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 know you bring him in as a front office guy. I don't know, you do something like that. There are workarounds for everything. You pay him in crypto, maybe i I don't know.
1: Bobbon not to be a
3: crypto. lot cheaper now.
1: <laughs> it's true. That's true. We should go out of Bobon though. I think that's only fair. Uh, yeah. Tim, Tim, parting words for Bobon as the man who architected the oral history to end all oral histories on Boban?
3: He's the nicest man alive? He doesn't like planes?
1: Uh, loves emojis though yeah I they will say I mean most. shout
3: out it's it's he does love emojis um, yeah. although the kind of the I have even mentioned this in the story it's emojis are just used a lot more in Europe you know when you've got a lot of people coming from different native languages and communicating a lot of the time in in English you know you can get a lot across with an emoji emoji is is fluent in in every native language like everybody everybody speaks the same emoji tongue when boban
1: will. sends a hard so, eyes to you you know he loves you no matter what dialect you speak or where in the world you are that's why he does it, it's I'm true assuming. it's true yeah he's
3: he's a he's a he's a great vibes dude um and him and Lu- luca really did enjoy their you know hanging out on the road together things like that uh it's a bummer you know i i, I do genuinely enjoy him but at the same time he's what either 35 or turning 35 um He's he's close to retirement, and I would think and hope that Dallas would welcome him back in a post-retirement role.
1: When they retire, is Jersey, choosing? obviously, yeah. Put fifty-one of the Raptors, baby. Let's go. I actually, I hope he goes the Mark Gasol route. I, I hope
4: he buys uh, a, a small-time team in Europe, goes back, plays a couple seasons. That's actually the guy who should go be. Oh Adriatic League MVP next year. Yes. Bobon, go home. Both Partizan <laughs> and Red Star in the Euro League next year. Go home, Bobon. I want to see it. I will fly out for that. The Jose called her own route. He could buy we'll it. We'll start a new side podcast just following Bobon in
1: yeah.
4: the Adriatic
1: League, watching Bobon. If, if, if there is anybody that could bring partisan and red star supporters together, it is Bobon. That is the oh, ultimate no, no, test of his healing true. capacities.
4: Let's not, let's not, no, 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 no. Before, listen, we will have peace in the Middle East before we have red star and partisan peace. I've just, I've seen it. I am saying, it's if, Bo, if,
1: if no Bobad can't do it, no one could do it. It's never been no done. No one not do, do it.
3: <laughs> what, a, what an internationally flavored episode this has been. Yeah, yeah. But I think, I think uh, that's a good place to conclude it. Um, Dave, Mike, Austin, thank you all. Congrats, Austin. Welcome to or welcome back to the internet sphere. That's good that's to be back be in the content game. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The content game—it, it, 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 you know, never
1: sleeps. Harded, it hardened someone. It, hardens it,
3: it, <laughs> it churned. It churned away while you were gone, and, and now you know, it's, it's, back like, a, it's like a river that you get out of and then you hop back into. It's always there. It's always flowing. So we'll be back next week where we will talk uh, about anything the Mavericks do on draft day, uh, but really start thinking about free agency that is to come. Thanks for listening. We'll see you. He
2: plays Fortnite just like me. I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future. The future is Luke. A big dick Donchage from the home. Trump How many kids you have Don't fight the future It tears me apart Don't fight the future Please be nice to Luca Future for time MVP
3: What is this? Looks like a stain from coffee
1: Really? Yeah, I got huh. a ring stain from some coffee I put some coffee there let ask you a question.
0: Did you leave a ring stain on Julia Louis-Dreyfus's table?
1: Oh no, I would never do that.
2: How did this get here?
1: That's between the coffee and the wood. No, you don't respect wood. I do respect wood. This is a low-grade wood. Oh, so you discriminate
3: amongst wood. I guess you could say that. I respect all wood. I respect pine, I respect walnut, I respect oak. Doesn't matter, okay? You don't- now, What about the dogs? No respect for the dogs? Your heart bleeds for the wood, but not for actual life. So you go to a funeral, you're more upset about the coffin than the deceased? Did you leave that stain on our coffee table, Jerry? You've
1: lost your mind.